Hello, welcome to the first ever episode of the Coffling Compounds podcast with me, Paul Andrews, and the wonderful Summer. Um, before I introduce myself, uh, Summer, if you'd like to introduce who you are, and then we can let the people know what they can expect from us and our podcast. Yes, so hello, I'm Summer Parker, and Hopping on this podcast, uh, Paul and I are just going to put some things to to rest inside the fitness industry. Um, I'm sure over the rest of this episode, we'll go through uh, a little bit more about ourselves and how we got into fitness. Cool. And yes, yeah, so I'm uh, kicking things off. I, I'm Paul. I am the owner of Paul Andrews Fitness. And when I'm not coaching people online to their health and fitness goals and their body goals i'm also taking to the world of instagram to call bullshit on pretty much everything out there that's not evidence-based and scientific and there's a lot of it uh, you'd you'd be amazed at how much shit there is out there so that's where i spend a lot of my time um within the industry and yeah so how about you summer what's your What's your, your gig? What's your business? <laughs> My backstory. Yeah. So I'm Summer, um, online fitness coach and one-to-one personal trainer. Um, so I am largely female focused. So just focusing on fat loss for women, muscle building, and essentially dragging people from the cardio equipment into the weights area. Um, along with Paul, there's a lot of stigma in the industry around women, weight training, um, along with you know the fad dieting aspect of things um so it's just kind of simplifying that and and putting it into terms that people can understand so that's kind of where i sit in terms of who i help and and what i do wicked and that's pretty much how we dreamt up the idea for this podcast yeah. is the fact that um i spend most of my time on social media calling people cunts for trying to rob people of their money on the false promise of uh, quick results when it comes to fat loss. And uh, you're no, <laughs> no stranger to, uh, to calling bullshit on stuff as well. Perhaps not quite as offensive as, <laughs> as yeah. that, but, um, but it, it, it got us sort of um, got us talking really that we were both on the same, same kind of path, seeing the same shit both, both bored of it. And uh, we, we happened to stumble on the fact that we were both thinking of doing a, a podcast and, and have a, a forum where we could perhaps talk for a little bit longer than you can on IGTV and, and actually start to address some of the issues and put some, uh, some, some things straight and um, yeah, and start to tackle some of the underlying problems that, that have led to not just, a, not just in our country, but globally a, a, an issue of people being overweight. Um, and most of it stems to a lack of understanding, a lack of knowledge. Um, so we thought we'd create this wonderful podcast and here we are. So um, I guess if you want to start, if you want to kick off, what got you into like fitness and how, you, how you've ended up where you are, uh, both in terms of your own yeah. personal journey, but also from a business perspective, that'd be cool. Yeah, for sure. So um, in terms of initially getting into fitness, I think uh, like a lot of people, when I was sort of at school, um, there was a fascination with being super skinny, um, which I know like plenty of girls that, that fall into that trap where I think, again, linking back to social media, um, you see online that, you know, everyone's doing the next um, 
weight loss shake, booty. I'm saying this because I did all this bullshit. Like it's coming from a real place right here where uh, I spent years just smashing out on the treadmill. Um, I knew how I wanted to look, but I don't think I knew how to get there um, just through lack of information and just people not really having my best interest at heart. Um, I think even like my friends and family had no idea about fitness really. Um, I assumed that <laughs> lifting weights was, um, was sort of for the Mr. Olympias of the world and, and probably not somebody like myself. Um, so I spent my days kind of under eating, just, <laughs> just rolling, burning as many calories as I could. That was kind of the most important thing. Um, then with that, I think I took it a little bit too far in terms of uh, the, <laughs> the under eating and um, just overtraining. And mentally, that wasn't the best place to be. Um, so I spent a long time just educating myself, building up knowledge on what I needed to do to get to where I wanted to be. Um, I literally researched watched hours and hours of YouTube videos, got qualifications and thought, right, like there's got to be a different way to do this. You know, like I can't be this unhappy and feel this shit and, you know, be missing out on social events and uh, birthdays, meals with my family. Like I could barely hold a conversation with people because I was living off of probably uh, a latte and half a bottle of water, you know? Uh, <laughs> and then I fell into the competition side of things so like bikini fitness um that was my new obsession was just getting super lean getting on stage um so then this was probably when was this uh 2016 2017 when i wanted to compete um i hired a coach for the first time which was which was cool and <laughs> what happened there was you know i was given a set meal plan of chicken, veg, rice, yogurt, oats, peanut butter. And if you've ever done comp prep, you probably know that's pretty much all you're gonna be eating for the next 10 to 12 weeks, oh, um, if not longer. <laughs> um, if not longer. And I guess at that point, I then kind of glorified my bad eating habits with competition prep. Um, that's the reality. Uh, I thought I was getting healthier. But actually, I was just as obsessive as what I was when I was at school. It was just perceived in a better way to everyone else. Because instead of saying, oh, no, I, I don't want to eat that because I don't want to get fat and I need to stay super skinny. It was, oh, no, I can't eat that because I'm on prep. Um, and everything just became this like, oh, no, I can't do that because I'm on prep. And it was just an excuse, really, to still... Uh, to still not do, not make healthy choices, I think is probably the best way to say it. Um, so then after that, I got quite sick and tired of just endless amounts of cardio um, and just a really fucking boring diet, to be honest. Um, so then I took things into my own hands and thought, right, I need to learn how to flexible diet. Um, I looked into sort of like the intuitive eating side of things. Um, and just thought, right, like, how can I still enjoy my life and look how I want to look? Like, it can't mean that I have to give up absolutely everything to get uh, where I want to be. So that's kind of then what I've spent between the comp prep and, and now, like, right up until today doing. Like, I'm still learning stuff um, about myself, you know, as we all are. Um, and 
that's when I decided, right, I need to make it my mission to, to share this experience and to show other people that actually, like, you, you don't have to be a dickhead when it comes to, uh, you know, like, oh, I need to have a shake for breakfast to lose weight or I need to do 12 hours of cardio a week to to drop fat like it just doesn't happen um and i don't hear enough people talking about it and i think i was getting frustrated with going online seeing the same bullshit getting the same attention and thinking like am i the only one seeing this am i the only one and and it really just made me then want to take action on it and think right i like i need to get my word out there um and even if i can just i mean at the beginning it was literally like even if i can just help one person not make the mistakes i made i'll be happy um and obviously that grows from there and now i guess become my life's work to to just get my message out and um and show people that it doesn't have to be as complicated as what everyone's made it out to be um and that kind of leads me to to where i am today where now i've just got like a super positive relationship uh, with food nutrition training and I feel like I'm now in that position where I can coach from experience and I don't worry about my own stuff anymore I can just help other people with theirs cool yeah no it makes perfect sense and that's where I'm at quite similar to to me so like I growing up was always like a really scrawny lad never never held like good condition and what was always frustrating for me growing up is like I would always see people who were again not like not big but always just seemed to have better natural physiques like you know my friends would just like naturally have abs and stuff like that and I'd always be like oh I don't and just kind of ambled through life until I was probably about 18 19 being like just just being short and scrawny basically. And, and it was great in that I could eat wherever I wanted, but I started to become a lot more conscious about how I looked and wanting to look a certain way. Um, so I started going to a gym. I had like my first ever PT. I was living in Surrey and I literally just got given like this training plan, no like nutrition plan to go with it. It was just like, yeah, do this training plan and you know, you're going to get, you're going to get stacked. And I was like, yeah, brilliant. That sounds great. <laughs> I remember like looking back, it was a telltale sign that I wasn't clearly eating enough in general um, to sustain the way that I was training because most sessions that I would have, I'd end up getting like two thirds of the way through and I'd end up like, cold sweats like passing out throwing up like happened like two or three times and I was like fuck this is hard work like oh how do people do this and the PT that I was dealing with at the time was like yeah that's the intensity you want to hit every session with so I was kind of like oh right okay so I just kept training every time like to try and hit that level and it was at the expense of like good form and everything like that and I just I got to a point where I was like oh this is too difficult <laughs> so I just did what any normal person does and gave up because it was just, just I wasn't seeing any results or any like real progress I was feeling like shit when I was training and I just didn't get it so I was like yeah this is really hard work I guess I'll never be that big and then I was probably like 19 at this point um, feeling like quite disillusioned but also enjoying the fact that I could still eat whatever I wanted and it didn't really change how I looked like I, I never got fat but I never seemed to be able to put on any size or any any shapes on my body. I was just like, yeah, I'm just going to be this scrawny guy forever. And then I got an office job and I got a bit older and I noticed that my body was changing a bit. So I was like, oh, maybe I can put on size. So I went back to the gym um, and I'd moved back, I'd moved down to Dorset at this point. So I was like 
started training, started working with another PT, got given like a meal plan, training plan, was following it. Didn't really feel like I was seeing like massive progress from it, but like kept following it. You, you then start falling into all of the different like fads that are out there. So like, despite the fact that my goal was always to try and put on size, like I, I was starting to cut out carbs and like, did I think I did about eight or nine months of like no carbs and tra- just training real heavy. And I was like, it always felt like shit. Couldn't work out why it wasn't really doing anything. And I then tried things like Herbalife and stuff like that, because you, all you, all you were told is in 21 days, you're going to go from like looking bang average to being fucking absolutely shredded. And you're going to not only lose body fat, but you're going to pack on size two in 21 days. And all you have to do is drink this fucking dishwater for, breakfast and it's like yeah i'm gonna do that so you spend 150 quid and a month later you're like i don't look any different and then it's obviously something i did i drank it the wrong way or didn't should have used a straw or like should have shoved out my ass or i don't know what i did wrong but it just wasn't working for me so you buy more (laughs) and Uh that, that cycle kind of repeated and gradually over time like having tried every single method out there i just fell into a bit of a routine with my own training where i was I was kind of enjoying what I was doing. I, w- I was doing a, probably a classic like bro split. I was just training four, four or five times a week, individual muscle groups each time. And I was seeing little bits of progress. I wasn't really worrying about my food too much. I was just enjoying the fact that I could see a bit of change in my size and that I was bigger than I was. And then I then in the build up to, to like getting married and stuff, I, I decided that I needed to drop a bit of body fat. I wanted to get a bit leaner and I quite enjoyed the process of probably about four months. I think it was, I think, I was, yeah, I think maybe less than that. Maybe it was three months. I think it was about three months, about 12 weeks in the run up to my wedding of just being quite strict on my food. Again, being on a meal plan, training, doing cardio, which I didn't enjoy, but like being a bit more strict of it, I was like, Oh, this is quite enjoyable. So when I got back from like my honeymoon, I was like, Oh, I think I'd like to go down the route of competing. I liked the structure. I liked the having to be on it and paying attention to what I was doing. So I opted to start with a prep coach with the intention of competing. And I knew that I wasn't big enough to hold my own stage. So I was going to do quite a, a progressive bulk over probably 18 months before looking to step on stage. And not too long after I decided to go on that bulk, training was going very well. All my numbers were going up. I was starting to real get an understanding of what I was doing. I then had a massive setback in terms of I had a knee injury that initially I thought it was just a bit of like slight bit of tendonitis and it will be gone in no time. The doctors initially were like, yeah, it's fine. Just rest it for a few weeks. You'll be fine. That didn't work. So they sent me to physio and they just kept saying six to eight weeks. And before you know it, it's been like nine months and I'm like, yeah, it's no better. So I ended up going private. And yeah, it took, it took me out of the gym from a a training legs perspective for like two years. And in that 12 month period, pretty much like that first 12 months of getting the injury, I didn't adjust anything. I just carried on following the plan that I'd been given for this lean bulk thinking, sorry, I'm trying to get bigger. And uh, it was only as I, had sort of finished my treatment and was able to kind of start to return to football. I turned up to play six aside and uh, one of my mates just walked up to me and was poking me in the belly and was like, Oh, somebody's got comfortable. And I was like, it's the first time I've ever been called fat and, but like effectively been fat shamed. And I was like, <laughs> he's like, he's, he's, I had this like penny drop moment. I was like, he's right. I've gotten fat. And it was purely because I was eating like I was bulking 
and I was training like twice a week. So I was, I was training like I, like I wanted to fucking sit on my ass the whole time and not actually train, but I was eating like I was in the gym six days a week, lifting heavy. And uh, I just got fat. So I then went on a bit of a bit of a mission. And, and originally my goal was to, when I, when I first decided I wanted to compete, I wanted to get my PT qualifications at the same time to understand why I was being told to do what, I was being told to do by, by my coach because my biggest problem I've ever had with any PT that I've, I've ever had, and I've had some really good PTs, so it's not a big at them, has always been, there's never an explanation for why they're telling you to do the stuff they're telling you to do. It's just, oh yeah, this is your goal. So train like this and eat this. And you just go, well, they're the professional. I'll follow their advice. And there was never this like explanation of why. So I thought if I'm going to be competing, I'm going to be doing things even stricter than ever before. I want to understand the mechanics behind why I need to do it. So I thought, well, do the PT qualifications. And then obviously with my knee happening and just getting fat, I was like, I pretty much got to a point where I qualified as a PT and I was just this like fat guy, basically. And I was like, right, I'm a fat PT. What do I do now? <laughs> but I managed to learn an awful lot. And um, having had that light bulb moment where somebody was like, oh mate, by the way, you are now fat. And I was like, shit, that's never happened before. Uh, I just decided to use my own experience that i'd been taught to, to to help myself and and all i started doing was just tracking my calories and i wasn't really worried about protein i was just training three days a week because that's all i could do with my knee really anyway i wasn't doing any cardio and in like six months i dropped 13 kilos and i was like well, that's remarkably easy compared to anything i've ever done before i've gone from being like fat and unhappy to being in probably the best condition i'd been in for if if probably ever at that point and I was like okay this is actually a lot easier than I thought um so just at that point from a a coaching perspective I'd, I'd I'd pretty much proven that all you really needed to do was pay attention to what you were eating you don't need to do anything too crazy I was still during that period of six months I was still having at least one takeaway a week I was still going out drinking with my mates a couple of times a month and living a pretty much normal life but the majority of the time i was just making sure i wasn't eating like a twat and it's amazing what what you can achieve and i was just patient with it i wasn't expecting to start doing it and then at the end of the first month be ripped i was like i just need to rein things in um and that kind of shaped how i wanted to work with people and how i wanted to coach people because it just justified the fact that if you just stick to the basics you don't need mass elimination diets you don't need to go crazy you don't need to completely reinvent yourself as an individual and change everything about you that makes you who you are you just need to be smarter with it so i started coaching people and saying look this is what i've achieved let me tell you how i've done it and before i knew it i got to like the end of the end of the year and it was like this is like the end of last year and i was starting to get back into plans to compete my business had like grown massively in in like the first 12 months to a point where i, I was like well i have to give up my day job because i just don't have the time for, to do both um so that's what i did i i started with my prep coach for to to go into my first competition in like november having done six solid months of calorie ca like tracking and watching what i was eating i then decided that the best thing to do would not be to take a break but to throw myself straight into prep and um mm -hmm decided that the same five meals a day, seven days a week for the next however many months was going to be an appropriate way to do things. And um, 
yeah, I found out that probably the, the hard way, but also the best way that actually the perception that those who step on stage are the pinnacle of health is just not true. And I, I never really realized that you look at all these people who are just stacked and whether it's girls looking up at bikini fitness models or whether it's guys looking up at physique models or classic physique or bodybuilders or strong men or whatever it is and, and looking at them going, Oh, that's what I want to look like. That's how I want to be. They must be fittest people ever. You don't realize just how inaccurate a, a mindset that is until you step into it. And, uh, and I'll be honest as someone who now coaches people, I would never write a meal plan having followed the same, same five meals, seven days a week from like November to March when the gym shut this year, I would never give a meal plan to anyone because it's just the most soul destroying thing because you become obsessed. You can't deviate from the plan. If it says you have to have a hundred mm -hmm. grams, you weigh out a hundred grams. If it goes to <laughs> one, you have a, you have a mental breakdown in the kitchen. And you're like, I fucked up everything and you scrutinize everything you do. And all of the habits that, and all of the, like the practices that I get my clients to do in terms of how they track and measure their progress, go like get magnified by a million. And instead of just check, checking your measurements, like every couple of weeks, to make sure they're going in the right direction. Instead of weighing yourself once a month, instead of taking a progress photo once a month, what you're doing is you're doing all of that every single week in the hope that you see as much progress as physically possible. So you set yourself up mentally for, for like disappointment every single week. <laughs> and then you have to work even so harder true. to see what you want. And it's, it's really strange how like, I, and I'd still like to compete at some point more as a challenge to myself to see what I can achieve. But it's amazing how much of an eye opener it becomes when you start to coach other people and you want to help other people achieve things in the most sustainable way. And you want to get rid of all of the bullshit that's in the industry. It's amazing how much of the bullshit that's there comes from what people perceive to be the pinnacle of health. And it's, and that, this isn't a, a slight or a dig at anyone that competes because the, I'll be honest, the people who do that are the most disciplined, hardworking people ever, but it takes a special kind of person to achieve that. And I think the sooner the industry addresses the fact that the pinnacle of health isn't those who step on stage in their glittery bikinis and their like the guys in their tiny little pants, like the better it will be for the average person wanting to, to get into shape and being in shape is not the same as being ready to step on the stage. And I think for me personally, my journey has very much been like as a kid who struggled to put on size, who suddenly found himself fat, then lost a load of weight and thought, Oh, I could do this as a, uh, yeah, as, as a, a, an actual like competitive element was enough of an eye opener to realize that actually that that's not the way that people should be doing it. And that's ultimately the way that most people tend to think whether or not they attempt to go on stage, what they're looking to achieve nine times out of 10 is a stage ready physique. And I think the sooner we can address and realign people's expectations, um, the, the better it will be for people being able to achieve something near their goals. Um, so that's kind of become like my mission is just to point out all of the stuff that's just stopped preventing people from reaching their goals because it's either just inaccurate information or it's just unrealistic things for them to aim for and trying to manage expectation. And the minute somebody says to me, oh, do I need to cut out whatever? I just want to slap them around the head and be like, no, you fucking don't cut down, cut down, not cut out. Like don't 
don't put yourself onto a diet that's as strict as somebody who's competing if you're not going to step on stage because life's there to be enjoyed but enjoying life shouldn't be putting you in a position where you're closer to, to death or more likely to get a horrendous illness because you've overenjoyed. Um, and if you can help people get the balance, I think that's the, that's the role of the modern day coach for me is helping people get the balance between enjoying their lives and the stuff that they love without eating and drinking themselves into an early grave. Um, so yeah, that's kind of a really long winded way of saying that's what I do. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I definitely like touched on so many like amazing points that I think, um, as you said quite rightly, like with the competition side of it, it's like it has been glorified now as like the pinnacle of fitness. Um, you know, the darkest spray tan you can physically get, as lean as you can physically get. You're barely able to stand up on stage, but somehow you manage to do it. And that you know, and I've I've been there. I mean, during my prep, I um, I cried on the gym floor because I hadn't, I didn't feel like I'd eaten enough. Um, and I couldn't hit the numbers I was hitting a couple of weeks prior and it, it destroyed me. Um, if it got to a Saturday and I hadn't hit weight for that week. So essentially like you might have a goal to hit, to lose X amount per week. If you don't hit that, you won't have your cheat meal, which I, I hate the word cheat meal, but you know, it, it happens. Um, and it's such an unhealthy mentality. And yet, when we see these people on Instagram, you know, smiling, stood in a bikini, looking bloody amazing, we think, oh gosh, like I'm never going to look like that. Or I wish I could one day look like that. When actually you speak to many of these competitors, it's the unhappiest they've ever been. Um, and I, I truly believe that. Yeah, I completely agree. And I think that's, this is some of the stuff that hopefully over the coming episodes we can start to address and we can start to tackle is the fact that, the industry in general from a fitness perspective, like the way I view the industry is that it should be the front line to like the health sector and like the NHS and what have you. And in order to achieve that, the industry needs a massive reform because currently it's saturated with lots of misinformation. You, you should be able to go to the fitness industry when you need to lose weight, full of confidence that the information you're going to be given is accurate. Much like if you've got a car that's broken, you take it to a garage knowing for well that they're professionals and they're ultimately going to tell you what needs to be done to fix your car. Mm -hmm. But the fitness industry isn't currently like that. It's not a safe place for those who need to get fitter and healthier to be able to do so. It's actually a cesspit full of charlatans and zealots and cunts who are trying to exploit the fact that as a, as a human race, the majority of us don't know what we need to do to live a healthy life and to fuel our bodies and as such, people are playing on that, trying to make a quick bit of cash off of that lack of understanding. And I think hopefully we can, over the, like the coming episodes, we can start to address some of the, the, the underlying issues that contribute towards that. And we can start to give people a, a bit of a, a base to work from on a platform where they can gain a bit of understanding, simplify things, and hopefully take a bit of ownership and a bit of control of their own goals because... Again, I think there is a, a massive common misconception that to get to your goals, you need to either have a, a trainer, a coach, a diet to follow, a product, a pill, a tea or a coffee or a jab or whatever it is to get you there when the reality is, is all you need is a better understanding of what your body requires. Um, and again, our role as coaches is to help people understand that, but in a way that allows them to become self-sufficient because I think a 
if we talk about basic human rights, the access to water, access to food, all that kind of stuff, well, I think equally having access to knowing what we should or shouldn't do to our bodies to yeah. is also a basic human right. And it's something that just isn't, it's just not shared and it's just not talked about by enough people. So hopefully this podcast over the few coming weeks will start to simplify things down and make it a bit clearer. And we're trying to have a bit of fun with it as well at the same time. And yeah, hopefully it's uh, an enjoyable listen. Yeah, definitely. Just uh, there'll be a lot to cover off, a lot to learn uh, in the coming weeks. But for sure, like it's just going to be a, a long process of getting people to understand. Definitely. And um, in terms of your own sort of journey, obviously, we've both spoken about the fact that we've gone down the the prep route and what have you. Um, just in terms of, uh, we'll, we'll probably cover this in a lot more detail in it in, in, in further. Yeah. From your own perspective, what was, probably, what was like your top three things that you learned from your like your prep journey? Yeah, so my top three things. One, my first one's probably how overrated uh, cardio sessions were. And that sounds really controversial, but I was doing around like 50 minutes to an hour every day on the Stairmaster. Um, for those of you who've been on the Stairmaster, you know that 10 minutes is shit, let alone 50 minutes or one hour. Um, and how unnecessary it was because uh, during prep, I kind of assumed that the only way I was going to get to my goals was to spend an hour a day on the stepper. So I had in my head that I was going to spend the rest of my life doing an hour on the Stairmaster. Otherwise, I would get fat or otherwise... I wouldn't be at my goals um, on top of my weight sessions, which were between five and six a week uh, following a legs push pull split. And uh, like after just like kind of quitting the whole side of prepping and competing, um, I learned that like it's totally unnecessary. And if I had just put that focus into my strength training and fueled my workouts and lifted heavy and just been an active person, I could have got, on par results to what I was getting anyway. Um, so that's probably my first big takeaway from, from prep. My second one was definitely just learning to fix my relationship with food. Um, being on prep really put a spotlight on the fact that like I was obsessive with food um, and obviously weighing out my meals didn't help that. Um, I used to have like breakdowns when it came to cheat meals because essentially the the way that it worked is you'd have the same meals uh, monday to saturday uh you'd have a cheat meal on saturday night and then you're back on it sunday same meals you know egg whites for breakfast turkey bacon whatever it is um and i used to have breakdowns on my on my cheat meals because i knew i wouldn't be able to have that food again for another six days so i would go over the top i would have coach seems, one it seems to, huh? your coach seems more relaxed than mine and in the time that i was working <laughs> with my coach i had three occasions where i ate off plan one was christmas day really? i was allowed to drink on new year's eve and i got one cheat meal in february so <laughs> oh my god i cheat meal once a week i'm like fuck why didn't i get that <laughs> no i had a cheat meal once a week i mean i was already in fairness like i only had like three kilos to lose like I was tiny anyway and she um and she said yeah okay have a cheat meal on a Saturday night so I ate big and I mean just ridiculous like one time I went and I'm gonna share this and I don't care if 
if any of you find this quite quite bad but i can say it um i went to tesco bought cherry crispy creams and i was planning on having one or two and i kid you not i ate six on the drive home okay i ate six which is good going right and every time i tell someone that they're like oh my god like that's so bad and i say exactly but the thing was because i was so like freaking scared that i wasn't gonna be able to eat again for a week i would just go ridiculously over the top so trying to fix that when you come off prep is super hard like going from binge eating to trying to just eat in moderation was probably the toughest thing i had the same pt i used to work with used to give me a cheat day where i could eat wherever i want and i I was falling into the habit of being very good six days a week and then on a sunday i would have like a mcdonald's breakfast i'd have like another takeaway for lunch and i get (laughs) get like a takeaway in for dinner and i was eating not just eating out but eating like a minimum a thousand calories a meal on a like every meal on a sunday I'm wondering why like progress wasn't great. And it's because like all of my hard work that I was doing during the week, I was fucking up at the, like on a Sunday because I was being told I could eat wherever I wanted. And I was same as you. I was like, well, it's going to be another week until I can have anything nice. So fuck it. I'm going all in. And it would be, it would be like Macca's for breakfast, KFC for lunch. And I get like a Domino's for dinner every fucking Sunday. And, it's- <laughs> yeah. and that was a hard cycle to break when, when you move away from it. That wasn't even prep. Like that was a hard enough mm-hmm. So um, I can't imagine from your perspective how difficult it would have been to, to have moved away from the obsessive nature that you're encouraged into when it comes to being on prep. Um, that must have been incredibly difficult. Yeah, definitely. It was like, it, it was a hard cycle to break, I think, because the problem is when you stop tracking as vigorously and you might stop paying out your meals, you feel like you're falling off track. And the reality is you're, you're not falling off track. You're bettering your relationship with food. You're like giving your body the energy that it needs, but you feel shit because you've been taught that if you bang all your meals incorrectly, you weigh everything out, that is success. Like that's going to get you to where you want to be. So as soon as you stop doing that and you have less control over it, I remember like literally when I didn't have a meal plan to follow, I almost like didn't know how to eat. And I was like, I have spent thousands of pounds on coaches and I still don't know how to manage my own nutrition. Like what, you know, I've, I've essentially just paid for somebody to give me a printout and say, this is what you're going to eat for seven days. So you know, when my boyfriend says, oh, you know, let's go out for dinner tonight. I say, I have an absolute just mind blank. And I'm like, no, I can't go out for dinner. Um, I'm on prep. I can't do it. And even after prep, I, I still I still held that mentality where I felt like if I ate out, I was going to lose all my progress. Um, if I drank alcohol, I was going to lose all my progress. Um, and obviously it, it takes a while to overcome that. But without without probably going to the extreme of prep, I would never have probably realized quite how obsessive I was. Um, So it was definitely a a good lesson when I came back out the other side and was like, oh, okay, I don't quite have to be as uh, restrictive or obsessive as I have been to get to where I want to be. Um, And that's a massive misconception, I think. Yeah, the people make. Yeah, massively. And I think as well, as much as I don't, for a second think that everybody should go down the route of going through prep because I think 
that's only really something you should attempt to do if you're serious about it because of how intense it is. Um, mm-hmm. Going through a short period of prep, whether you step on stage or, or not, does teach you just how extreme it is, but also gives you that little bit of insight in terms of how to then take that step back eventually and, and manage things for yourself. Um, and I almost think that just from an eye opener perspective, that all the people who look up to fitness models and stage competitors and think, oh, I want to look like that. It's almost worth just doing a month of what they go through just to get that. Yeah. Actually, it's not as straightforward. It's not as easy as you think. And there's so much more that comes with it because some of the stuff that you were saying there just brought back so many memories for me. Like where you, I, I remember my, uh, my other half's birthday and we were out and I, I wasn't, I wasn't allowed a cheat meal. So I had spoken to my coach and we'd agreed. Um, I was going to eat pretty much before I went out. Um, so that I didn't need to worry too much when I was there. But whilst I was out, he gave me literally like, we were going to a Thai restaurant. He gave me like two dishes that I could have like a uh, starter chicken starter. And then there was like, um, a rice and uh, I can't remember the, like a chicken dish for like, for my main, it was like, look, eat, eat something before you go. I can't remember what it was I had to eat. And he's like, and then you can have this and that's like, that's it. But I had to sack off like my, my fifth meal of the day in exchange for it. And uh, he, I think I had like an extra 20 minutes of cardio to do the next day, like to, to keep me on track. And I hated that because we were out with a group of like 20 of us in a Thai restaurant where it's like Thai fucking tapas and it's a million dishes and everybody chips in and there's me on <laughs> yeah. my own with my tap water and my one diet coke that i was allowed and my mm-hmm. dishes and everyone's like oh do you want to try oh just have this just try this, just have this. and i'm sat there like literally like, if i touch what you've got i'm literally i'm gonna die like that's that was the <laughs> yeah. that's pretty much where your mind goes like i can't have it if i touch it i will ruin my life um everything so i think in a way everybody needs to almost experience that to realize that it's not mm-hmm. it's not the pretty pitch that everyone thinks and when you see people on stage and like you said big smiles and great tans and looking amazing there's an awful lot that goes into getting to that situation and it isn't just the case of going to the gym three days a week and <laughs> in your food and that actually to get to your goal if you if you want to be a little bit more patient with it you can learn to get the balance right and, and you can achieve the kind of physique that you want without having to sacrifice everything in exchange for it so yeah exactly that and it's and at the time you feel you and exactly what you say you feel like it's going to ruin your life and i can't i can't stress that enough that like you genuinely think and and i remember at the time of prepping i I thought that it was the be all and end all and what's so funny is like you've put these restraints on yourself like you you're in complete control and i look back at it now and i think why did I do like I made such a stress over eating out for years and it was all in my head it was all stuff that I had self like inflicted you know um and that's super scary is like you genuinely think that like having that like glass of wine or having that meal is just gonna obliterate everything um so it's it's a massive mindset shift as well that you've got to have when you when you stop competing or or stop prepping um because 
it's an unhealthy mindset to be in and that's why people can't compete and stay stage lean all year round because it, it's not sustainable and the mindset's not sustainable yeah yeah i no, completely agree completely agree but i think that's and so. one of the things that probably helped me in the long run is that my plans to compete with us due to compete this year and it got derailed by lockdown which actually came at the at probably a really good time for me because for the first time in like 13 months I was back in control of what I was eating um mm-hmm. obviously my training had to change because I, I didn't have any gym equipment and everything was shut so I was like that had to change drastically so I, I had to become self-sufficient with my calories but it put me in a position where I was able to relax so much more and I, I think I didn't I didn't suffer the same stress of like reverse dieting and coming back out of a a stage show that most people have where it's like I've competed I now need to hold condition as I move into the next phase of my training with regards to whether they're going for another show or whatever it is I was just kind of like woke up one day and everything was shut and it was like right okay that plan's on hold and it's kind of like (laughs) you're just looking at it right well that's that's the pressure off I can I, I now just need to be smart and not get fat in the next however many weeks that we're shut for which turned out to be yeah uh, so I think that probably helped me in the long run in that I was I was forced into a position where I had to become self-sufficient but also everything was shut so it's not like I had to worry about going out for meals and that kind of thing so I could just gradually no. back into a a more comfortable place without mm-hmm all of the stresses and strains that, that would have come from it. So um, uh, probably one of the few good things that came out of lockdown. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no. need to go back to a, a more sustainable way of, of living with regards to food. But, but yeah, so ho- I mean, hopefully obviously this first episode is a little bit just kind of getting to know us uh, for those who are listening and, and just trying to share a bit of our own journey and what have you. But hopefully it's kind of given a bit of an insight in terms of, when it comes to working towards your goal, it doesn't matter whether your goal is to put on size, whether it's to drop body fat, there's a, there's a, there's always a sustainable longer term approach. That's more of a lifestyle adjustment. And there's always a much more extreme, not quick. I don't, I don't like the phrase quick fix because ultimately it, if it's quick, it's not going to fix anything. It's that's like a sticking plaster for an ax wound. Like it will do a job for five minutes, but eventually it's going to fall off. Um, but there are, quicker less sustainable methods that might get you short-term results but ultimately it comes down to what people are after if you want to be like a stage competitor and look great for one day then something that's a lot more extreme and unsustainable is going to facilitate that because you will get results much quicker but then they're going to last a lot less uh, time than if you were to say actually I'm, I'm happy for this to take longer and to learn more about myself and my body and and do it over a longer period of time you can achieve an awful lot um in you know two three four five years um, without having to sacrifice every element of your life or you can try and do it in 20 weeks and become a miserable cunt in the process <laughs> <laughs> definitely yeah and i think you know following episodes um from here will just be around just educating people a bit more on um how they can become self-sufficient you know and and how they can just they can call out bullshit themselves you know what i mean like if we give you the warning signs of what to look out for and maybe what not to um just just to aid people really in making the right choices um 
it's not just going to be us talking about ourselves promise <laughs> yeah no definitely and again obviously if, if, if you're listening if you've got questions if you, there's things you want us to cover then obviously reach out via our um, our social media platforms i'm paulandrews.fitness um and obviously summer what your handle is yeah so my instagram handle is just at summer training but uh my name's a bit of a weird one so it's just s-o-m-m-a-r training so just pop us any questions or, or anything you want yeah want us to cover and we, nice. will, we will tackle it but yeah obviously future episodes are going to be we're going to pick particular topics different things whether it's um things like tackling why slimming world is not an appropriate method to go down or whether it's looking at some of the products that are out there and the difference between what a supplement is versus what a like a bullshit diet product is and that kind of stuff just mm-hmm. to get clarity so that the people who are listening and the people who've got goals and things they want to achieve they can look at what their goal is and they'll understand the stuff that they need to do that's kind of a non-negotiable for their goal but also the stuff that might help and the things that they can just bypass and completely ignore because again we touched on at the start that's one of the biggest problems in the industry is typically the stuff that you can just bypass and ignore is kind of labeled as the essential stuff Um, and it's normally either really cheap so it makes you think oh it's worth a try uh, or it's stupidly expensive which also makes you think oh it must be worth having if it's that expensive um and yeah people end up wasting a fuckload of money on stuff that's just not going to get them to where they want to be uh, so my goal and my hope for the podcast is to uh, obviously entertain people who are listening but to <laughs> be able to provide enough information that the average person can establish what their goal is and know exactly how to get there without having to shell out a fuckload of money and then if they want some support and accountability and and guidance to get them there then obviously they can get in touch with myself or someone will be glad to coach them but um, I want to make people as self-sufficient as possible when it comes to pursuing their goals so that businesses like fucking Herbalife and all of the shit that's out Boom there <laughs> yeah, can effectively go out of business because people realize they just don't need to spend their money on that shit to, to achieve what they're after for sure yeah sounds good wicked well i think um that's probably a good place to to wrap up this first episode uh, so it's a bit of an introduction um yeah we're, we're we're both very excited about what's coming and and obviously future episodes but if you, those of you are listening if you've got questions if there's things you want us to tackle if there's products you've used or stuff that you're thinking about using and you want to know is it worthwhile um or if you just have a, a particular topic in mind that you think would be worth us discussing um, then get in touch and we will cover it cool take care guys wicked thanks for listening and we will see you on the next episode